This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, chérie. The courtship is over. Oh, the adoration. Oh, the chez vous adore. You are my peanut. I am your brittle. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and happy Valentine's Day, money lovers. Oh, yes, there is love in the air today as we ask the question... Is that romantic? Our roundtable will be answering that question. Helping us today, we welcome my Valentine from the Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant. Oh, yeah, baby. Also from this podcast, it is the absolutely stunningly handsome OG Pant. From LenPenzo.com, it is Barry Manilow. That man is quite an entertainer. What? What's that? Oh, sorry. Barry Manilow is not available. He's off on a weekend in New England. So it's just our other Valentine, Len Penzo. He's not that cute, though. Also, midway through the show, we'll take a break to talk. Love long time. Talking longevity annuities. Here to discuss a new development. Say hello to Blair Baldwin from Age Up. And finally, we'll all fall in love with Megan's question about when a girl falls in love with an HSA, when can she qualify while she's serving in the military? And now, that guy that thinks new running shoes are romantic, Joe Salcihai. You mean new running shoes aren't romantic? Of course, imagine falling in love with some new shoes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stacky Benjamin Show. We want to be the first to welcome you to Friday and a special Friday, Valentine's Day. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, as always, it's my good friend, OG. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. What'd you get me? I, uh, I, Chocolates? I, I decided that I'd sit across from you once again. Isn't that romantic? Only if we can, you know, well, never mind. I don't know where I don't know where you're going. Save me, can't Doug. Do anything? Please, I can't do anything. Please, Doug, save me. No, 
and There's a robot. I don't know if you noticed. He's just I'm a straight up robot. That. Calling he in just reads what's in front of him. He's just like Anchorman. He has no ability to take previous conversations and turn that into contextual dialogue. I lo- I, I, I d- love Lamb. I I don't even know where we're going with that. So I'm going to go to the desert outside of uh, Las Vegas or in Las Vegas. The woman uh, day drinking. It's our friend Paula Pant. I sure am. I am day drinking because it's a special occasion. That special occasion being the recording of a Stacking Benjamins episode. Unbelievable. Right? Exactly. You know, and given that the two of you are sitting across the card table from each other, my presumption is that where that's going is that you can like wink and uh, and nod and mm. twirl your hair. If you still had hair, you could do that. <laughs> wow. I could twir- twirl both of my hairs. <laughs> yeah. Homer Simpson style. <laughs> that would be great. And for people at home, by the way, we're recording this live in front of a Facebook audience, which we don't normally do, which is, mm-hmm. Paula, a little intimidating. I mean, it's nice to see the number of viewers that have stacked up, like... You know, we, two? we went from like one to two. I think maybe by the end of the hour, we'll get to three. If we had three polo, that would be like a master class, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Big thanks to master class for supporting Stacky Benjamins. You can find, who knew that was coming? You can find <laughs> hundreds of video lessons from today's most brilliant minds available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Get 15% off your annual all-access pass at masterclass.com forward slash stacking. We got this uh, amazing Joe show pulled today. off the segue. I nearly pulled off the segue, Doug. Uh, we got an amazing show. We got Paula here. We got Doug's going to hang out with us because Len is lost in limbo land. Unfortunately, it looks like Mr. Penzo isn't going to be joining us today. And OG, and we're going to play a little game that came from our listeners. So let's play. All right, guys, it is time to play the game Taking Money Geeks by Storm. Is that romantic? Here's the way it works. We asked we asked all of our friends that hang out with us on Instagram to answer the question, is that romantic? And the first three, the first two rounds, almost got my own rules wrong. The first two rounds, we'll have you guys each weigh in, whether you think this is romantic or not, and see if... You get it right, and by get it right, I mean, does your answer correspond with what our friends said when we asked them, all right? So, Paula, in round one, we're going to start with you. You ready? Yeah, so it's on, my answer is just going to be yes or no. Is it romantic, yes or do no? You th- is that correct? Y- yes, and then we'll ask OG, and then we'll ask Doug, do you think this is romantic? All right? Alrighty. Here we go. Splitting the check at dinner. Is that romantic? Or not romantic? What did our friends on Instagram say? Oh, that's a tough one. It's tough because I don't know the context of, is it first date? Is it married couple going to dinner? Is it somewhere in between? What, do you think that one Um, of them's romantic and one's not? Like if it's first date, is it romantic? Well, it just, it changes the context, I guess. You know, it's it's just, it's hard to make an apples to apples comparison. What happened to yes or no? Okay, fine. Yes. <laughs> Paula, yes. Paula says, yes, it is romantic. OG? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on if you're the person that normally picks up the check. I mean, you know, and Mrs. OG was like, hey, 
Is it? Should I split this check today. <laughs> I'd be all like, "Yeah, baby, what's up?" Yes. Is it super hot? Is it romantic for you not to pick up the check? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> when Paul is like, "It well, if they're married or not," it's like, what, "How does that have anything to do with it?" And then, like, you know. Anyways, um, so I say no. It's not romantic. Doug, Doug, splitting the check at dinner. Oh, at dinner specifically, dinner. Versus at Bob Evans. I mean, like if it was at my oil change place, that would get me hot, actually, because I could use the help. But uh, at dinner. Yeah, I'm down with that. Totally down with that. All right. Doug thinks it's romantic. Paula thinks it's romantic. OG says no. Survey says. 76% of people say no. That is decidedly not romantic if you split the check. Some of our responses Kira says, being on the same page about finances and looking out for each other is definitely romantic. Debt-free millennial says, it's 2020, girls can make their own money and there's no pressure to, there's no pressure to, uh, yeah, you know. And then uh, Mariah says, we're married and share all of our finances. Uh, Russian tea girl answered all the questions, by the way, and answered something that is in a completely different language. So... I can't tell you what that one was. That was that was pretty exciting. And then Brave Saver says it shows yeah, equal respect for each other's money and time. Respect is romantic every time. How about that, Paula? It sounds like the crowd was reasonably unanimous. Reasonably. Absolutely. Reasonably unanimous. As much as you can be about financial questions. So OG's but the answer was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the outliers. Yeah. OG is winning. Believe it or not, okay, you and Doug are tied. Here we go. Question number two. Is this romantic? Oh, gee, you're up. If somebody buys a tattoo with your name on it, is that romantic? Do they have the tattoo installed or did they just pay the dude for the artwork? <laughs> Buy a tattoo? If they get a tattoo. A tattoo if they get a tattoo <laughs> that has your yeah, name on it. the tattoo on the body? Above the Mason-Dixon line or... <laughs> <laughs> Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, a tattoo with your name on it. Hmm. That's so much other stuff running through my head right now. Uh, <laughs> sure, it's hot. It's oh, awesome. I, I can, all I can think of is the Paris, like the Paris Hilton thing, like that meme of her going like, "That's hot," <laughs> like <it's> very deadpan. <laughs> Sure. It looks awesome. Let's do it. Doug, is that Doug, is that romantic? No, it is terrifying. No, you run. You run as fast as you can if somebody's getting a tattoo with your name on it. Yeah. yeah what if, that's the deal breaker right there, babe. What if it was like that want to get away commercial from the early 2000s, the, the one where they spell it chefs instead of chiefs? Yeah. Great googly moogly. Yeah, they get one where they spell your name wrong. That'd be good. Yeah. Paula, is that romantic? Somebody gets a tattoo mm-hmm. with Paula on it? Uh, no, I agree. That's terrifying. No. That's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Just in like a um, random person. I could imagine. Uh, that. That's so weird. Like, oh my, I guess I understand the like Angelina Jolie getting a tattoo of like the latitude and longitude where her kids were born. Okay. I get that because Grace even Memorial if kids, Hospital. <laughs> like if you're a parent getting a tattoo of your child's you know, something related to your child. I understand that because even if your child ends up being a complete jerk face, you'll probably still like grudgingly love them, even if you don't like them very much. You must not have a lot of jerk face children. 
<laughs> but other than a parent getting a tattoo of a kid, no. Other than that, <laughs> I don't see it. Let's see what our friends thought. The survey says if somebody buys a tattoo with their name on it, is it romantic? 94% of our respondents said, hell no, that is not, that is not romantic. In fact, uh, some of the, some of the responses, they could have paid for me to get a meaningful tattoo instead. Nothing's permanent said I am the real spoon. Trashy says Mariah, a uh, fitness well says that's just crazy. And uh, we had some people hanging out with us today. Danny says it's super hot if it's on the neck. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, get it in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the score. With a little teardrop from this eye. <laughs> the score after two rounds of this uh, incredible competition is OG1, Paula1. Doug won. And by the way, it scares me that we have gone through two questions and Paula and Doug have agreed on both. I, I don't know what that means. I have no idea. Great minds think alike. <laughs> not going not gonna to speculate on that. Uh, let's go to our third question. Getting a joint bank account before marriage, Doug, is that romantic or not romantic? I heard getting a joint. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> That's the part. And then there were some technical difficulties. And I didn't hear what you said after that. So I'm going yes. All right. Uh, Paula? I'm going with yes as well, provided that there's good communication around it. Ah, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, marriage is like, whether or not you get married is up to so many different factors. There are family considerations. There are religious considerations. There's citizenship related considerations, you know, so marriage as a legal structure might not be indicative of the permanence of your relationship. Ah, got it. Got it. OG. I don't even know how to go after that. What was that again? The permanence of your relationship is not indicative of the Right. Structure of the government interference in the marriage as a social construct. <laughs> That's kind of what I heard. Something. Joint bank account before being seriously together. I put that up on the terrifying scale, and uh, I would get a tattoo of the person before I'd give them a <laughs> before joint you do that. My bank account. How about a tattoo of their bank account number and routing? <laughs> Yeah. That, that no. might be. I'm out, dog. That could come in very handy. Would that be romantic? That's the real yeah. question. All right. Uh, so we've got uh, Doug and Paula again on the yes side of that one, agreeing again. OG <laughs> on the heck no side. Joint bank account before marriage survey says 75% of our respondents said, no way, that is not romantic. In fact, Made Barry Good says, might be practical, but not romantic. Mariah makes a good point, says, it seems unwise to physically share finances before marriage, but you should talk about it. And uh, let's see, Matthew down here says, other ways to help out while dating, like Venmo, doing this makes it harder during a breakup. So it might be harder, Paula, if you're, if you're not actually, you know, that government institution kind of keeps people, <laughs> makes it a little harder. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm thinking about the cases where like let's say one person was previously married and they can't yet legally divorce because they're in the process of getting their citizenship and they don't want to get legally divorced prior to becoming a citizen. You know what I mean? Like, but now you've started nope. dating new people. Those are all of the complications around whether or not a couple gets married. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that does sound oddly specific though. And if, <laughs> and if one person's left-handed, this is why you're not allowed to day drink, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> OG pulls back ahead. He's got two. Doug and Paula have one. Let's go on to the next question, which is this. Is it romantic if your significant other surprises you like in the commercials with a brand new car? Uh, we're back to Paula. Paula, is that romantic? No, that's terrifying. Why? I'd rather you get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> a tattoo of the car? Yes. Get a tattoo of the car and my bank account number. Paula says no way. OG? <laughs> Again, I would say this is probably pretty terrifying. I guess in the con, it's such a weird thing because we all have different experiences. Like if my wife came home and said, Hey, I bought a new car for you. Look how awesome I am. I would just look at her like she had three heads. Oh, you did what? Like, who are you? <laughs> what just happened? You know, but if I was dating somebody, that would be very scary. You know, like, I got you a car. What do you think? Like, oh, geez. <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, I'm going to go inside now. So if I'm you were, no. I've known OG long enough to know that he would go, wow, thank you very much. And by the way, can we go talk somewhere? See ya. No. Yeah. Why don't I? I'll meet you over there. Why don't you take the new car over to the place with the stuff, and I will file for restraining. I mean, um, <laughs> see you there. In a bit. Uh, Doug, how about you? Uh, if it was a '74 El Camino with white leather interior, then yeah, yeah. But seeing as those are impossible to find, no, no way. So I'm answering no on that one as well. Wow, we're unanimous here. When we went to Instagram to ask this question. It wasn't unanimous, but it was close, guys. 85% of people agreed with you. They said, no way. That is not romantic. Mariah writes, you spent what? In all caps. Uh, Happy, grateful, blessed says, I would feel terrible if I didn't like the car. I also think big purchase should be decided on together. And the Annetter says, they'd also be like getting a divorce because they don't know me at all if they bought me a car. All right, we now have... Take an airplane, though, just for the record. Yeah, if somebody surprised you with it, with it why does that not surprise me? Uh, hey, Doug, OG. looking at you, buddy. If you want to surprise me with it. <laughs> There's one in the mail on the way. Next up, is this romantic? Sharing your credit history with the person you're dating. You're dating somebody. It's a romantic dinner. Pull out your credit history. Share it with them. I've got my complete file from LexisNexis here I'd like to review with you. <laughs> oh, gee, I think this is you, by the way. Let me show you how awesome this is. Boy, I remember those days. Remember that account? That was crazy. <laughs> that was amazing. Those All those Discover card miles. I had all kinds of fun before they closed that account. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one went to collection. And then this one went to collection. <laughs> No, this sounds like a again a terrible no second date. Sharing my credit history, I don't know. No, no. Doug, seeing as how my credit history would fit on a cocktail napkin for me, I would say yes. But for the general public, and because I'm 
deeply in a competition with OG, I am going to say no because I want to beat his ass. And uh, Paula. So uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was this hashtag going on for a while called FinCon Pickup Lines. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. (laughs) And one of the FinCon Pickup Lines was, hey, baby, can I have your number? Sure. It's 823. That's my credit score. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be better if it was, uh, sure, my number's 357. Oh, wait, that's my credit score. (laughs) That'd be... That'd be a whole different world. So based on the fact that it is a FinCon pickup line, I'm going to go with yes. Paula goes with yes. So we got Doug and OG at no, Paula at yes. You know what? On this one, the crowd on Instagram, they like Paula's answer. 68% of people said yes, that is romantic. This is a financial crowd. narrowed down why the youth of America is just having such a hard time <laughs> doing it completely wrong. Trinidad Ashland says transparency full of gunk says the other side fine to share it, but it's not romantic water for work says a good idea. Just also just, just not romantic. Matthew says shows the level of trust and commitment to open up your financial past and mistakes to them on a date. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, Imagine opening up on a date to talk about important things. That'd be straight. Why would you do that? That'd be, that'd be horrible. All right. The score now after, what do we got now? After four rounds of this competition is. OG has three. Paula has three. Doug has two. As we go to crucial round number five. All right. Here we go. The fifth question on here, is this romantic? Taking all the coins to Coinstar together. Is that romantic, Doug? Mm, yes. 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 Saying yes. All right. I don't know what Coinstar is, but it sounds pretty sexy. Got to have so a, I'm going to go yeah. Got to have a coin first to know what Coinstar is, but that's a different show. Paula? I'm going to go with yes, just because it's it's a fun activity to do together. Fun is subjective, of course. It's an activity to do together that's not the standard dinner and a movie thing. It's something different. So if somebody called you and said, hey, Paula, want to go to Coinstar with me? And a Coinstar is usually inside of a grocery store, right? Is, so, that's right. You know, so then you go to, you deposit your coins in Coinstar, turn them into bills, then walk around the grocery store, pick up like a bottle of wine and some dessert, and then you start day drinking. And there it is. Absolutely. Just like a random Monday. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, gee, we got two votes for yes so far. What do you think? This sounds like an errand and not so much a date. So like, hey, I got I to gotta run over to the DMV real quick, drop these stupid coins off at Coinstar. You want to go? <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. See ya. <laughs> not your idea. So, uh, not your idea of a good time. It would not be, but I'm going to say yes, just to stay tied with Paula, regardless of what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Good strategy. Is that how this goes now? Yeah, well, you know. We found a new way to gamify the the Valentine's Day game. I don't know if that's romantic right there, but let's see what the crowd said. 72% of people said, yes, it is romantic, which by the way, Paula, actually surprised me. Because we're doing this, as we mentioned, live on Facebook. And Doug said, Coinstar's a ripoff. They take too much a percentage. Rolling coins together is more romantic. 
So here's the problem though. So we did that. We did the whole coin rolling thing and then took them to the bank. And you know what they did? They broke them all open and said, Hey, we got one of those coin star things in the back. You can just dump them in there. Just bring us the receipt. Wow. But we had for one free, that, though. So not right. a fee. That's what I was so going to say. Good. We had one of those at my bank in Texarkana and it was free. It was like Coinstar, yeah. but very much free. Yeah. yeah. Just dump them in. But I'm surprised nobody caught the fee. I thought Paula would have caught the fee on that one. Mm-mm. No. No. I, no. No, it's like eight and a half percent if you do it at the grocery store. That's crazy. It is a bunch. Or they give you like these ridiculous coupons for nothing. Um, my hot pockets. <laughs> yeah. Next up, is this romantic? Hot pockets. No. Uh, <laughs> is this romantic? Oh, good. Let, there's more. Let's go to the other side of this. Having separate bank accounts during marriage. Doug, is that romantic? Oh, yes. You have any idea what you can accomplish with separate bank accounts? Oh, my God. Nothing is hotter. You can surprise her all the time then. End of answer. Deal. Paula? Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. You maintain your independence. You maintain each person has their own sense of self-identity and self like, here's what I get to spend a portion of my money on without anybody else like having a, a voice in that. This year is all mine and this year is ours. So there's yours, mine and ours. OG? Again, I'm saying yes, just to stay tied. Um, but uh, I'm going to reach, uh, reach across the table. You would. Anyways, so yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have a separate bank account. I mean, I have like piles of money stacked up in different places that nobody knows about. Does that count? <laughs> you have offshore <laughs> accounts? I think it's right. great. How far across the border are they? My kids are like, I know you've got money in the house, Dad, somewhere. So is it know, is it romantic? Like to- my wife even said, she said, hey, you got to pay the kids for the thing because my kids doesn't work. And I said, well, I'll pay them later. And she said, well, you can just tell me, like, is, where's the, and I'm like, I'll just pay them later. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I've got the one account in the Caribbean. I've got the one a Swiss bank account. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's not him. Oh, Jesus. I'm picturing. I've got one next to the, uh, buried in the backyard next to the kid's swing set. I've got one go. out in the toolbox. So one box. jar of money over here. There's one <laughs> pile in this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Is so, it- OG, why was it that you learned how to fly again? Why was that important? <laughs> Family time. <laughs> <laughs> like, trips does, to the, the, does the movie Air America mean trips anything to, to you, OG? Trips to the Caymans. Yes. <laughs> OG, OG, is it romantic to hide money from your spouse? That's the next question. No. Uh, so are you saying yes or no? Anyway, so I'll say yes just to – I think the answer is yes, but I don't do it. Yes. We don't do it. Uh, having separate bank accounts during marriage, 61% of people said no. Our whole panel got that wrong. <sighs> not. I should have said the way that we do it. Not. Son of a biscuit. Not romantic. All right, not guys. Romantic. Speed round. We got three more to go. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. OG, okay. OG has four. <laughs> Paula has four. Doug has three. Uh, here we go. Which one of these is more romantic picnic in the park or dinner at a nice restaurant? Who's up first? We're at, we're at uh, Doug. Yeah, I think we're at me and it's picnic. Doug says picnic is more romantic. Paula dinner, dinner. Why is, uh, you said speed round. All no right. Fine. Yeah, you Move said on. speed round. Yes. Let's do this. Who said, OG? you said picnic. <laughs> I can't even do it. Doug and OG have that right. 61% of people said picnic. Doug moves into a tie with Paula. I'm like, OG takes the lead. Two more to go. Animals in your food. It's amazing. Next. What's more romantic? Netflix and chill or movie at the theater? Paula. Netflix and chill. OG. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Doug. I mean, that's the definition of it, I understand. So <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this yeah. isn't a question. Seventy flicks and chill. Seventy-two percent of people say that. I often wonder about the other twenty-eight percent. And then last, what's more romantic? Expensive gifts or breakfast in bed? OG? Aw. Breakfast oh. in bed. Everybody's gotta say breakfast in bed, even though the real answer is expensive gifts. So I say <laughs> breakfast in bed. <laughs> yep, ditto. And the well, answer. All panel in agreement. Eighty-seven percent of people said breakfast in bed. Expensive gifts. Final score: OG wins by one. Paula, I thought you were way more romantic than OG was, but who knew? What was the question that made me the loser? Oh, you mean I got to go back over that thing? It's the, uh, it, it was the picnic one. The picnic, yeah, I, it must have been the picnic one. I like fancy Again, restaurants. I would, I would say the fancy restaurant. I was answering on behalf of the community. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fancy restaurant person. Here, here. OG, something that I've uh, noticed in the financial planning community that we don't hear a ton about when we just read uh, blogs or read the mass market pieces on finance is about longevity risk. I mean, in the certified financial planner community, OG, this is a huge issue. Most people have the perspective of their life expectancy of their family, specifically around grandparents. So whatever your grandparents did, that's kind of where you think that your life expectancy is. But the fastest growing demographics are the people over age 85. And, you know, most financial plans now are showing capital accumulation or whatever until age 100. And then some places are even showing 120. I think the really interesting thing happened probably, and Joe, you might remember this, like mid 2000s, maybe, where all of the life insurance mortality tables went from 100 to 120. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. When all of a sudden they're like, you know, they used to stop at 100, but all of a sudden they went to 120 because I they know something we don't, I guess. I remember expert Gail Sheehy talking about this, about longevity, about people born in the year 2000. At the time, she said, had a one in three chance of living to be 130 years old. A one in three chance. I Meaning, think I saw... Wasn't there something on time or something that said that the first person to live to be 200 has already been born? Oh, man. So that's both good news and bad news, this probably. Guy, by the way. <laughs> it's good news for you. Might be bad news for your money. Blair Baldwin is a guy who is working in that arena. He is the founder and general manager of a company called Age Up. They were called Quilt, and they were acquired by Haven Life, who sponsors this show. And it's interesting, Age Up is annuities, not the type of annuity that we normally complain about a lot, but the type of annuity that says it starts at an old age and make sure that if you live to be 130 or long, long, long periods of time, that you might have a chance to not have your money run out. Here to explain how it works on our Friday FinTech segment, let's say hi to the man behind Age Up, Blair Baldwin. And here he is, a guy I've been super excited to talk to, guy behind Age Up, Blair Baldwin. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm glad you could visit the basement on your world tour talking about Age Up. 
Let's talk about origin story though, because obviously coming up with something new in this annuity space, I mean, that itself might require somebody to examine your head. (laughs) Tell me about how you got started. So let me start the story with some just general observations about annuities. Annuities have a lot of unique and beneficial features that it's just worth talking about. You've got this guaranteed income component. You know, there's some potentially tax benefits. They help against longevity risk. And so you would think that actually more people would have them as part of a you know, balanced financial plan. But that's actually not the case. You know, relatively few people have them. We've been saying uh, we've been saying that for a long time. It's so funny you say that, Blair, because OG and I always say that if you describe what you just described to somebody and you didn't say the word annuity, people would be all over it, right? They would love it. Yes. Are, you, are you kidding me? I cannot live it. I get tax benefits. It solves a lot of the longevity problems. How do I get that? If you said pension, people go, oh yeah, man, if there were still pensions around, I'd love to have one of those. It's so true. I mean, a lot of it is branding, but there are also some real product features that maybe sort of more appealing or less appealing based on who you're who you're sort of selling to. But let me sort of jump back into the story. So you've got this product or sort of universe of products that have some really unique features, but they're probably not being incorporated into enough people's you know financial plans. And there's, there's actually probably some pretty good reasons for that. For one, there's a pretty high barrier to entry. You know, it may take $10,000 as a minimum to even buy an annuity. And I think the average annuity is about $100,000. So it's a pretty costly, high barrier to entry product. The second is that you know, they have a reputation for being complex and people don't like what they don't understand. And that's something that annuities have uh, going against them. And the third, they also have a reputation for, for high fees and being costly financial products to buy. So this is all background for age up. And really, the age up story starts about 18 months ago when a startup that I founded called Quilt got acquired by uh, Haven Life, longtime friend of the show, uh, and their corporate parent, Mass Mutual. And they, they gave us this really interesting, open-ended challenge, which was create a, an annuity, reimagine what an annuity is, who would buy it, what it does, so that it's financially accessible to everybody, so that there's no barrier to entry. And that it's really a relevant product that solves an unmet need or a big problem in their lives today. I can imagine was, I can imagine you in this room, Blair, not to cut you off, but I can imagine you in this room. You must have been fired up. Like just hearing oh. that, you were like, are you kidding me? I get to do that? It's been a, such an amazing journey. And it really wouldn't have worked unless we had such a broad mandate to explore so many different ideas. It's just been a great process. But I think the key to, to sort of unlocking this this riddle or solving it is really taking a totally fresh look at annuities, you know, getting rid of all the sort of conventional wisdom about how they work, who would buy them, why they would buy them, and just start from scratch. Lucky for us, this was easy because we didn't know anything about annuities when we started this journey. Um, so in a lot of ways, we were a great team for this challenge. Um, I, but think, we didn't, I think that's yeah. great too. Uh, just to jump in here for a second, I think that's that's great too because I think people, the more they know about annuities, the more, well, and as you've learned about annuities, the more you get burdened by all of this uh, legacy stuff. 
Exactly. You know, fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, but we didn't come into this with a, with zero information sure. or knowledge because it turns out we actually knew quite a lot about the term life space. And so if you roll back the clocks, you know, the, the little insurance company that I founded was one of the early movers in the term life insurance space. You know, we launched roughly the same time as Haven. And so when we started this challenge, one of the things that I kept on thinking about was this sort of concept of long tail risk protection. And if you think about term life from a, almost a philosophical standpoint, what it is, it's long tail risk protection of dying too soon. So if you almost think of like a, a, a bell curve of life as for how long somebody's going to live, on the left tail, that's really what term life insurance is for, people who die sooner than expected. And there's a huge industry, and it's a product that pretty much everybody recommends that you should have. What was really interesting to me was the fact that there's not a sort of mirror image risk protection product on the other end of that life bell curve, focused on sort of the extreme longevity side of it. And if you think about it, in both situations, the reason why you would want to protect against this risk is that your family is actually the one that's sort of left holding the bag. So if you pass away early, they're the ones that are financially vulnerable. You know, at the same time, if you're so lucky as to live an exceptionally long life, more likely than not, in those out years, it's actually your family that's going to be taking care of you. So a lot of the same dynamics that work on the term life side of that sort of distribution of life spectrum really apply on the, the longevity side as well, sort of that other end of that bell curve. And that was really like the impetus for, for building Age Up. It's to create a risk protection product for the other end of that longevity curve. And Joe, you might ask like, hey, why, why does this matter? Oh, it no. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not because the thing that I see being a former financial planner and my co-host OG, who's a CFP, you see these top thinker CFPs talking about longevity issues, but we also kind of straddle the line where we look at major media as well. I don't see this enough in major media, Blair, the issue of people outliving their money. And yet when you talk about the big thinkers in the space, it's exactly what you're focused on. And it isn't just the fact that grandma's going to outlive her money. It's that mom's money is going to all go away taking care of grandma. And now exactly. we have this systemic family issue where families are draining all the wealth of generations behind them, taking care of each other because nobody thought about the fact that I'm going to live a long time. Well, so you raise a really good point that the media is not paying attention to this right now. I think that that's going to change because you have this huge demographic block of baby boomers that are all in their 60s right now. And in about 30 years time, they're all going to be in their 90s, starting to reach into their hundreds. And that's going to change the dialogue. And yeah. people are starting to realize this, that, you know, the way that life expectancy trends are going due to advances in medicine and healthcare. More and more people are living into their mid-90s or into their hundreds. Uh, and the statistics are really surprising, but they're statistics. Statistics don't lie. You know, if you have, say, a married couple that are 65 today, you know, there's a better than 50% chance that one of them is going to live into their 90s. Uh, there's a one in 30 chance that one's going to make it to 95. And this is just out of the general population. There are segments of healthy people or certain groups that have even better than that expected sort of longevity up until, you know, early hundreds. And this is just this trend is just going to accelerate. So I think we are going to see more people talking about that uh, sort of in, in the news. Yeah. But at the same time, and this is probably a topic that you are almost sick of discussing, people aren't saving more to plan for this increased longevity. 
and that is where AgeUp comes into play. It's a risk protection product aimed at the long tail risk of longevity. So somebody living into their 90s, into their hundreds, that looks an awful lot like term life insurance, except in the inverse. So it's financially accessible to everybody. There's no heavy upfront cost, like a $10,000 to buy an annuity. This is as low as $25 a month. Wow. You can stop any time. And no annuity's ever been built like this before. It's also explicitly designed for this long tail longevity risk. So, you know, as you, you probably know, uh, annuities in general, the, the oldest you can actually get that guaranteed income stream is, is typically 85, some in some cases 90, yeah. but never, never older than that. The way that we designed age up, 91 is the earliest that you can get the guaranteed lifetime annuity, the income stream. But it, it really is sort of when you configure it for the mid-90s that the, the benefits get really significant just due to the power of, of mortality credits. And then the other thing that's really unique about it is the first use case that we launched it with is this interesting kind of adult parent dynamic. Um, so we were specifically thinking of that millennial generation that have baby boomer parents. They realize that many of their parents are likely to live very long lives. And at the same time, they realize that their parents are unlikely to have enough financial resources to carry them the distance. And they know that they will be the ones that ultimately are left uh, sort of supporting their parents in their in their later years and have this unmet need. And that's what we decided to address first with age up. So I'll pause there. I just realized I said a whole lot all at once. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I want to dive in from the from the ground up, Blair. Let's start here. So uh, I'm at the website right now. It's age-up.com, I think. Yep. And, yep. It, it, and so that's where I start. Tell me what people see and just tell me how it works from the from the beginning. Yeah. So we, we just launched this product. So right now the website is fairly basic and it has a lot of information about uh, sort of longevity trends, um, you know, interesting statistics, like if your parents are in their, their 60s, there's a greater than 50% chance that one of them will live into their 90s. But the, the heart of the, the website, uh, today at least, is a calculator where you just have a few very simple inputs, like the gender of your parent, their age today, how much you want to sort of contribute, and then whether you decide to waive this early death benefit. And I'll explain what that is in a second. And that's it. So, you know, at the outset, we talked about annuities being like highly complex. We wanted to reduce the complexity down to something you could fit on a single simple web page where there is strip it down, strip it down. Exactly. Uh, And that's it. So it's basically a calculator right now that shows if you put in, say, $25 a month or $50 a month, how much guaranteed lifetime income you would then start receiving uh, when, say, your parent turns 95. And due to the power of sort of these mortality credits, which are probably best explained in the context of, of life insurance, which is essentially all the people who live sort of fund the pot for the people who die. Yeah. In the context of age up, it's actually different. It's all the people who pass before that trigger age essentially fund the pot for the people who live longer, start receiving yeah. benefits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that analogy too. I remember Rick Edelman in The Truth About Money talking about this concept of a barrel. Everybody throws money in the barrel and Correct. you know, term to term life being exactly the opposite of that. That's fascinating. You talked about a credit that I'm assuming what you're saying is uh excuse me, not a credit, but a rider. I'm assuming there's a rider people can buy that if they do pass away before 95, they might get something. Is that is that what you're referring to? 
So there's actually like no riders. We wanted yeah, to make good. this product so simple that there is literally no, no riders. It's just an option that you select when purchasing it, whether you're essentially waiving that return of premium or not. Um, and because the product really does have a lot of these mortality credits sort of built into it, the impact of waiving that early death benefit, you know, has a pretty material impact on on what yeah. what will it will pay out. Yeah. Um, in general, it would double the value of of the the income stream. Um, and so, just to kind of give give maybe an example or two, say you're buying age up for dad, and dad's sixty five, and say you plan on putting fifty dollars a month into it, and choose ninety five as the trigger age at which the the income starts. That sort of selection set, if you uh, opt to get your money back, if say your father passes before the age of 95, you would uh, get roughly $1,200 a month when he does hit the age of 95. And really the goal would be to provide you with some supplemental income to help support your aging parent. If you waived that right, and so really treated this in a way more like an insurance product, like term life, that would translate into about $2,600 a month of income for the rest of your father's life. So it's a really interesting structure built around this concept of sort of long tail longevity risk matched with these mortality credits and really focused on creating a a meaningful income stream based on a very small sort of uh, monthly contribution. And to put this bluntly for people driving down the road going, okay, well, what if I don't use it? What if I die before 87, 90, 95, whatever it, whatever it might be. My response back when I was a financial planner, Blair, was I was like, you don't buy this hoping to use it. I mean, you, you know what I mean? I mean, you don't buy homeowners hoping my house is going to burn down. Exactly. You don't buy long-term care hoping that I'm going to spend the rest of my life at a nursing home. You, you, you buy this because the risk is getting so high that you have a decision. Do I risk it or do I give some of that risk to somebody like you guys at Age Up? Exactly. And, you know, Age Up, it's a new that's issued by Mass Mutual. And yes. Haven Life is the agency that distributes it online. Part of this is knowing that our target audience are just sort of everyday folks. So usually annuities are a product that's sold to a sort of a, a more affluent, wealthy clientele. But we really wanted to build something for, for everybody. And so because of that, we wanted to make it so that the price point was was fairly low. And in the case that somebody did pass away early, then there wouldn't be a sort of a, a lot of financial regret for making a bad decision. Yeah. You know, we really looked at this much more like you would look at a life insurance, a term life insurance product that may cost, you know, 50 or $100 a month that provides a whole lot of protective value in this small chance that you actually need that protective value. I love anything, Blair, that helps uh, make annuities simple and straightforward. And it's so simple and straightforward. It's it's fascinating. Congratulations, man, on on doing something like this. Thanks, Joe. Well, we're really excited because the, the next step for us is actually taking this this same concept and applying it not to the the child parent dynamic, but actually to folks in their 50s, 60s, and early 70s who want to essentially self-insure their own longevity risk so that they could better plan what's going to happen with their retirement resources. That's so, so interesting. So people go to age-up.com and there it is. And you know what? We'll have a link on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com if you're walking the dog or on your commute. Blair, thanks for hanging out and talking about Age Up with us. Perfect. Thanks, Joe. 
Hey there, trivia nerds, and ooh la la, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and man, my hand hurts writing out all these Valentine's Day cards. I have one for Joe's mom, and of course, because let's be real, she really does run the show around here, and there's one for Joe and OG and Gertrude, and of course, the amazing Steve Stewart. So nice to spread the love around today. Speaking of spreading the love, how about this question? What percentage of the U.S. population will celebrate Valentine's Day? I'll be back with the answer right after I pretend I'm not waiting for any Valentine's Day gifts from these dorks. All right. Uh, this week, we've got no Len, which means that OG and Paula, you guys got a chance to go a leg up. We do this as a year-long competition. And uh, and what's funny is, is I don't have the score in front of me. Because why would I go to something crazy like that? No, but we do know this. We know that OG Don won on your behalf. You're welcome last week. And uh, that means that Paula, you're going to get first guess or you get to decide first if you go first or last. Paula, which one you want to go? I will go last. Deal. Otherwise known as second. <laughs> and, and OG, how about you then? That means you go first. I can do that, Matt. Gosh, I had this perfectly timed out depending on if I get to go last. I knew exactly what number I was going to pick. Um, this is really tough because we do closest to now. Uh, so what percentage of people in the United States are celebrating Valentine's Day? Well, <clears throat> since we have a live studio audience today, maybe I will ask if anybody <laughs> he's gonna, has any ideas. He's going to um, ask the audience. <laughs> so I would like to ask the audience. Is there a poll? No, no. Audience, oh there God. is no poll. Dude, so lame. seems like there's a poll. Somebody said 87%. Nobody needs to look it up. 55. See, here's the thing. You have to be you have to be high enough that it gives you enough wiggle room, but uh okay, John 38, you're not at 30. Stop. You're not helping, John. I'm going to say the number is uh 70. I like that. 76%. 76 percent 76 percent Team Andrea. Don't Google it, Stephen. Who's that's not <laughs> hanging out, hanging out with us on, online. Uh, Paula, how about you? Well, I'm loving these audience answers. And so before I answer, I want to say to the audience, yes, that is a turtle tank in the background. I have a yellow slider turtle. And yes, it's also true that I am typically the sober one on these. So today is a special occasion because it's the Valentine's Day episode. And to that end, I will also say that let's go with, let's go with 38%. I'm going to go with uh, also, also an audience answer, 38%. Now there's a nice gap also between answers. How you're supposed to do that. (laughs) I'm not sure you know how to make this game work in your favor, Paula. 38% 38% for Paula. Yeah, ever since we... we ever well, since closest we, now, not closest without going over. Yeah, and Paula, that doesn't work for you. I just got the score from Karen. You you still have zero for the whole In season. You have, of, you have zero. For the whole year? For the whole year. Yeah, now, now that I can no longer Chelsea Brennan, now that I can no longer closest without going over, my whole strategy is shot. It's a whole different thing. Well, today's the day, Paula. I bet today's the day. We would tell you, but we're going to wake you wait for a second and find out in just a minute. Well, it's interesting because uh, my mom's neighbor, Doug, says that he teaches master classes. However, 
If you go to the Masterclass website, which we'll tell you about here in just a second, you'll find out that apparently that hasn't been approved yet, OG. But you and I have watched some Masterclasses and, oh my goodness, there's some good stuff there. The Chris Voss one is really good. How long ago was he on? Not too long ago, right? I watched the, I watched the Aaron Sorkin one. Yep. That, that was absolutely fantastic about creating drama. Also, the Steve Martin one I'd like to mm-hmm. see. The Anna Wintour one I, looks I do the cooking ones. Oh, the cooking ones look fantastic. Like Thomas Keller? Yeah. Masterclass, as you're hearing, lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. You can learn the art of negotiation from OG. Yeah, Chris Voss. Chris Voss. Uh, you can learn to improve your Mexican cooking skills, or you can learn about scientific thinking and communication uh, among many, many, many others. Over 75 exclusive classes taught by the masters you know and love. Masterclass is an app. It's accessible on your phone, web, or Apple TV. Can't say accessible, apparently. That offers classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Everything's broken out into individual video lessons and downloadable material, all of which users can explore at their own pace. So whether you're interested in TV writing, game design, investigative journalism, or French pastry fundamentals, and that's the one OG's watching next, French pastry fundamentals. No? Maybe not? There's What's a ma- wrong with pastry fundamentals? Uh, I didn't know that that was a joke. Th- th- <laughs> I was like, yeah, of I, course. I didn't say it was a joke. I just didn't get anything. So I was wondering if if you were going to back me up there. I thought you were going there next. There is a master class for you. The all access pass is $180 a year. A single class is $90. Lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length. So they fit the time you have. Aaron Sorkin one had about uh, maybe 20 lessons. OG, what's the Chris Voss one have? I feel like it's 15. Yeah. I don't know. I'm only on like number four or five. Yeah. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to a master's insight about their craft that can be translated across many fields in discipline. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a stacker, you're going to get 15% off the annual all access pass. Go to masterclass.com slash stacking. That's masterclass.com slash stacking for 15% off masterclass. All right. Let's see if Paul has finally put on a masterclass of how to win at trivia. Paula, you're sitting at 38% of people celebrate Valentine's Day. That seems a little uh, uh, negative. Like not that many people really believe in this Hallmark holiday. Well, I mean, when you factor out for people who are just too busy, they're too tired, they're single, they're, you know, there, I think there are just so many circumstances around people who either don't have anyone to celebrate with, or they're just over it and like, don't really care about some manufactured holiday. I think once you factor out for those, the idea that essentially less than half of the population is buying into it. I think that sounds reasonable. And OG 76%. You're the opposite, man. You think everybody's, everybody's celebrating. I, I guess Valentine's I just need Day. the definition of celebrating then. I mean, once Paula put her case out there, I was like, shoot, she's probably right. Uh, but I don't know. It seems like every, I mean, celebrate. What do you, you know, do you get some chocolate or something? Is that celebrating or do you got to go all out? I don't know. I think, I think the people that did the survey let everybody define what celebrate is. So unfortunately I don't know that one, but I do know that Doug has the answer. So Doug, here we go. What's our answer? Welcome back trivia nerds. 
I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm back dressed in all pink, head to toe, every article of clothing, carrying the answer to my amazing trivia question. And yes, every article of clothing, which was this. What percentage of the U.S. population celebrates Valentine's Day? If you said 90%, that is exactly what I thought, because most everyone should be full of love this time of year, but no. The Grinches who stole Valentine's Day are alive and well. It's estimated that just 55% of the U.S. population will celebrate Valentine's Day. 55%! I know! That includes these guys. Why the heck am I even writing out cards to these guys anyways? I don't owe them anything. Time to chuck these in the trash. See ya, Valentine's Day loving suckers. 55%. Paul is, Paul is doing the math in her I'm head doing right the now. math in my head. Okay, so <laughs> I'm watching I was 17% off and you were... 21 you were, off. Wow. Paula wins. Wow. Just barely. Whoa. Unbelievable. Not as romantic as OG, Basically, but- I'm romantic and I have hope, <laughs> hope and optimism for, for, for the, and I'm a America. realist. And Paul is like, split your money. So you got all the independence you want and to hell with Valentine's day. <laughs> Don't celebrate have separate it. bank accounts. Don't give me a car or get my name tattooed on you. <laughs> Please. No. And, and screw this Hallmark holiday. <laughs> Hey guys, what let's world is OG a romantic. I don't, I don't know. It is, life, a, it is a strange, it. strange day. Hey, let's take out the magnifying glass guys and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. Paula, you know what happens when you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money? I'm guessing you'll be able to magnify your money. Bam. You find those financial products you use every day at the brick and mortar bank. They're nowhere near the best in class and you can magnify your money. Correct. Over 92% of the products available online all ranked easily at magnifymoney.com. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. And today we're going to help Megan magnify her money. Say hi, Megan. Hi, gang. I have a question regarding HSA eligibility as it pertains to military reservists. For a quick background, I'm a traditional status guardsman. Therefore, I'm not covered under TRICARE. However, I have access to TRICARE Reserve Select for a fee should I choose to enroll in it. I'm married to a civilian, and we are covered currently through a high-deductible health care plan with an HSA through his civilian employer. My question is, are we actually eligible to be enrolled in a plan with an HSA and utilize it? This did not even cross my mind until last month when about a week after my husband's open enrollment period closed, I randomly stumbled upon the text of the Veterans Choice TRICARE Act of 2016. Basically, this bill would have allowed reservists like myself to pause our TRICARE benefits in order to be eligible for an HSA through their civilian employers. As far as I can tell, this bill died and is not currently in effect. This led me to do further research to see if we're even allowed to be enrolled in his HSA, including reading the IRS guidelines, but I cannot find anything that pertains specifically to reservists like myself who are enrolled in a high-deductible plan through their spouse's civilian employer. In addition, I recently found out after the enrollment period closed that I will likely be attending officer candidate school later this year, in which case I will be on orders and covered under TRICARE through the active duty program. How would this affect my HSA eligibility at that time for the duration of those orders? As I said, I can't really find anything about this, so hopefully you guys can shed some light on this situation for us. Thanks. Hey, thanks for your question, Megan, and thanks for your service also. We're going to go right to the guy that uh, served in the military, OG. 
What do you think about this one? Pressure. Yeah. This is probably one that I should have looked up in advance. (laughs) (laughs) The first time in eight years (laughs) I get caught. I was thinking that halfway through. I'm thinking for the first time ever. Should have put a little one. All right. So here's what I would say. Firstly, the rule is to be to have an HSA, you have to have a high deductible plan. And she does. Do you have a high deductible plan? The answer to that is yes. We also know that you can't be on an HSA if you're covered by any other plan, including TRICARE. TRICARE is not a high deductible plan, if that's the case. So, or at least I'm 90% sure it is. So, so if it's not a high deductible plan, but you're not covered by it, and you are covered by one that is, I think you're good. So then the question just becomes something very similar to what many people face throughout the year, which is, hey, I was at a job that did this, and now I'm at a job that does this. You know, what do I do? And in those circumstances, to the best of my knowledge, I'm sure there's tons of CPAs out there that can that can help with this, but it's just going to be a prorated thing. So however, what period of time that you had, you know, the high deductible plan versus the period that you didn't will be your contribution amount for the year. Whether you're single or married will will depend, of course, on your contribution amount. So sounds like my very uneducated opinion on this right now is that you're good until you go to OCS. And then from that point forward, you won't be good anymore because you'd be on track here. Paula, anything to add? No, this question, it's a fantastic question. And thank you for your service. But this question is so specific that it's beyond my scope of knowledge. This is also the kind of question I think that uh, going specifically, OG, to the HR department and asking the <laughs> HR... The HR department at the, in, in the military? No, 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 no. Her husband's that's HR a, department because the HSA job. is through them. And I think that it's yeah. on them to help you. And by the way, HR may I not... No, I mean, it's. I was going to say, it's still on you when you file your taxes though, right? Certainly. But I think that there's a lot of weight on them as well because the plan is through them. And I think that they'll want to help you out by looking through the very complex stuff going on there. Yeah. I think you don't have to make it any more complex than it is. You either have a high deductible plan or you don't. And if you don't have a high deductible plan, then you're not eligible. And we know TRICARE makes it so you're not eligible. So once you have TRICARE, all bets are off. Until then, I think you're fine. So contribute and you know, roll the dice, see what happens. <laughs> that's that's the perfect answer to a question. Boy, yeah. I, I'll take all the answer up until that part right there. Okay, fine. All right. How's this one? Call a CPA and ask a CPA. But I'm 98% sure that you're good to go. Thanks for the question, Megan. I think that's always a good idea anyway, by the way. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail and OG will go, I don't know, to your answer as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> There you go. I think I was right. Believe it or not, that's going to do it for today, guys. (laughs) Paula, what the heck is going on at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, we have an interview with David Stein. He talks about 10 questions that you should ask yourself before you enter into any new investment. Ash Ambridge, who wrote The Middle Finger Project, is also on the Afford Anything podcast. She will be talking about giving the middle finger to life. (laughs) (laughs) you can find all of that wherever finer podcasts are downloaded afford anything is that what you're going to call the episode are you going to call the episode that oh i haven't come up with a title yet i was thinking maybe just the middle finger project because that by itself is enticing enough yeah yeah yeah. but yeah 
Well, but if you think, you know, if you think I should, uh, we've got an audience here. I'm, I'm going to open this up for comments. Should I call the episode giving the middle finger to life? And they will give the middle finger to, to the answer right there. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, gee, what do you got going on, man? Well, this weekend I'm celebrating Valentine's Day, like every red-blooded American will be doing. No? Yes. Uh, Paul's, Paul's like 55%. 55% of Americans, which she won, by the way, by 4% over you. So, but anyway. <laughs> which rounds yeah. down to 38%. <laughs> it does. It does round down to 38. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, so I'm almost done flying. I've got to do one more test. So I'm hoping to do that this weekend if the weather's good. All right. You know, we'll see what happens. Awesome. And Doug, how about you? We never get to ask you, man. What are you doing this weekend? Doug, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, Quick, rotating the turn signal fluid in the El Camino. Blinker Excellent. fluid is what it, it's called. I think it's, I think With it's Gertrude. I think it's that week. I think it's that week. All right. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Doug, you've got it from here. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, my loves, we learn that people have very different opinions of what is romantic. You need to know your loved ones and friends first before you can really know what they may think is romantic. Secondly, besides the fact that you have beautiful eyes, and I mean that, we learn that longevity risk is a real thing, and that makes a lifetime annuity that protects against a long life a fit for many people. But the big lesson... We learned that friends stink, and you should never hey, ever hey, Doug, do anything Doug, nice for Doug, any of your. Hey, Doug, Doug, we we almost forgot. Paula and OG and I just wanted to say, Happy Valentine's Day, man! Happy Valentine's Day, Doug! Happy Valentine's Day! And we have this card for you. What? Well, oh, oh, um, uh, really? Oh man, you guys, you guys are just. Oh hey, um, I'm gonna I gotta be right back. I mean, no specific reason or anything, but I gotta go catch the garbage man out front. But you guys are awesome. But I'll, I'll be right back. Okay. Special thanks to all our stackers on Instagram and Facebook for sharing all the love. Also, thank you to Blair Baldwin from Age Up for stopping by and talking about longevity risk with us. You'll find more at age-up.com or check out our show notes page where we'll have all the links to today's show mentions. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com and Afford Anything podcast. All the Afford Anythings. This show is created by Joe Saul Seahigh, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I swear the worst part about coming over to Joe's mom's house is having to put on pants. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor.
Welcome to the After Show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the After Show, if you're new here, stays in the After Show. We're here with our friend, Blair Baldwin from Age Up. Uh, Blair, you're sworn to secrecy, man. You can't talk about this segment with people. You weren't even here. You, You left half an hour ago. Totally true. My lips are sealed. <laughs> but, but if that was true, this wouldn't work though. So, <laughs> but 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 you you and I stopped recording, and you said, "Are you familiar with?" And you're like, "One story," and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's let let's record it." Tauntines, tauntines. So this is so wild. If you actually want to lose yourself in a Wikipedia click hole, go look up a tauntine. If you roll back the clock like 120 years, sort of turn of the century in the United States, this is so crazy. Two-thirds of all insurance in this country was of a tontine variety. And you've never heard of this thing. I know nothing about this. Zero about this. As I said, this is going to be a great Wikipedia for you. <laughs> so a tontine is something that this Italian guy, like Lorenzo di Tonti, invented a couple hundred years ago. And what it was, was, think of it as like the original Deadpool. So people would put in a bunch of money. And what this was used for is essentially like the nobility and the kings and queens of Europe would collect a lot of money and they would use this to fund wars. And the reason why people would put their money in this tontine thing is that every year the tontine would pay a dividend. And that dividend gets divided by the number of people who are still living that are in the tontine. And so as the pool of people that contributed to the tontine shrinks, that dividend gets bigger and bigger and bigger (laughs) until, in theory, there's one person left and they get the entire pot of money. It's like winning winning the longevity lottery. Yeah. So, I mean, this is actually also like the – kind of like the plot line of like many Agatha Christie novels and uh, stuff like that, because it's uh, what, what, I actually got to show you this. Yeah. Wh- I got to show you, you this. I have this, I have a sitting right here. So there is a people that are fans of the show know that I, that I love board games. Check out this board game. This is a game called Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. Yeah. And, nice. and it's actually more of an activity than a game. It comes with a map of London and uh, you can actually download an app where where they read you the start of the thing. You're usually sitting with Holmes and you're one of the Baker Street irregulars. But it's funny you bring this up because now I know what a tontine is because as a subplot of one of these. So each box comes with 10 different mysteries. And then you try to solve the mystery by going to these different locations. And, and it comes with a bunch of newspapers from the day. And so you, you read the news, you sit in a group, you read the newspaper together, you look at this map. And it's funny in, in one of the mysteries that we did, the only way I knew one guy didn't do it was because he was having dinner, not with his wife, but with his mistress. He was having dinner with his mistress over here. And the map, as you unfold it, it actually gives you walking distance and how long it takes to get from point A to point B. We knew that this guy was over here. The murder happened over here and there's no way he could have gotten there in time to kill the person. That's the only reason we knew he didn't do it. So anyway, part of the mystery of this one was there were three people left in this thing, but I didn't remember the name. And two of the people mysteriously died, meaning that there was one guy left and he was going to get a bunch of money. That that must have been a taunting. That's a taunting. It exactly. must have been. It's so funny. But anyway. Well, so to finish the story in the taunties, basically these things became so popular, it actually became the dominant form of insurance in, in the United States, which is wild because you'd never even have heard of this thing. The reason is, is that 
I don't know. There may be some similarities if misused for uh, or comparisons to like another famous Italian named Ponzi, right. because there are, are there are you know cases of like just a lot of fraud uh, and just just shenanigans. So essentially, what happened is like I think it was like 1905, 1906. The government decided this is enough is enough. Like so much money is flowing into these things, we're just going to make them illegal. It's an interesting concept in theory. But no thanks, no more. And so they were essentially made illegal in about 1906. And nobody's really returned to this concept. But it's a really interesting concept because in its purest form, it is like true longevity protection. And it also happens to be like a very low cost way to uh, essentially fund a pool of insurance risk and sort of structure a payout. So when we were initially thinking about age up, Kind of looked at it like a tontine and even floated <laughs> the idea with uh, a few very senior people at Mass Mutual, like the CEO, and uh, got a very tepid reception in terms of that's a very interesting idea. It is also thoroughly illegal. Um, <laughs> but we really like the spirit of it. And so what we tried to do is, is um, and what we did do is figure out a way using today's product family to recreate some of the benefits of a tontine, except in a very above the, above yes. the board, like yeah, legal yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, and that's really how age up sort of came about. <laughs> oh, that is so fun. That's awesome. That is so awesome. It would be funny and horrible at the same time to have like a winner at the end of it. Yeah. You win the Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's um, fantastic. But- it's a cool concept because you think about it, the returns of this dividend, it goes up every year, but it's not tied to the market. It's not tied to anything else. So it's a, it's a really interesting product. You also, you also think of something else too. You know, we did a story a couple of years ago, a phenomenal story about why some nuns live longer and it's because they have this sense of purpose. Like if mm-hmm. I'm one of the last 10 people in the Tonti, I have a purpose. I have to I have to live longer than these people to make sure we get the big payout. Or Sherlock Holmes style, go out of, go knock a few of these guys off <laughs> so that you right. get the payout. That's right. Yes. Yeah. The more the glasses half empty approach. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's funny, Blair. Thanks for the history lesson. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> so did you find it, Doug? Did you find it kind of interesting that you're literally saying Blah, 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 Lampenzo, blah, 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 Lampenzo, knowing full well that Lampenzo isn't here? Or did you just just blank on that completely? We just talked about it. We literally just talked about it. So Barry Manilow is going to be here instead of Len? Yes. I'm not clear. I'm like, where the hell's he going with this? Oh, Mandy, you came and you gave. We'll not take him. Oh, boy. Did I just get muted? Nope. That's going to be, no, <laughs> not yet, almost. That'll be Paula after her second drink. <laughs> Who's Mandy again? Oh, there. boy. Paula, do you know that song? 88 people out song. there who are now singing Mandy in their head. I do know that song. And for our Facebook audience, today is February 3rd, and today is the day that Billie Holiday, wait, is that, was that his name? The famous singer who died in a plane crash? <laughs> Billie Her. Her? Oh God. Oh God. This is fantastic. Keep, no, keep going. You're nailing it. The the famous dude who uh, died, died in a plane crash. Buddy Holly. Today's the, that's it. <laughs> Buddy Holly. <laughs> Billy Holiday. So I, so I, 
<laughs> this is awesome. Poor Billy Holiday. They're Jimmy Pearson. Same. same initials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that I learned this morning was the inspiration for the song um, Bye Bye Miss American Pie, because it's the day the music died. And everyone learned that when they listened to the show this morning. <laughs> because we talked about all of this on the podcast this morning. She's, what? She's on the show. That doesn't mean that she <laughs> listens to the show. Oh, my God. I never listened to this show. She's like, That's what? So terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate all right. that show. I will refrain from historical pop culture trivia. <laughs> when I Here it comes. Singing. Okay. All right, guys, here we go. Oh. <coughs> um, let me pull this up. So we're really not going, actually. Just the, that was the 10-minute warning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was like at the doctor when they move you from the waiting room into the exam room and then let you sit there for an hour. That's what just happened. Exactly. Like, I only have, oh, we only have 60 minutes to go. All right, here we go. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval. 